mystical, so unpredictable here on the SNL Network. Yes, that is right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to week number 12 of our patron feedback shows. Wow, we had a very fun run in January with some interesting shows that I am very excited to break down with two of our wonderful patrons that we have had on the podcast earlier in the season. And I cannot wait to catch up with them to get their thoughts on the season, to talk some SNL social media, and to answer a ton of questions that we got this week on this late night edition of the patron feedback show. And the reason we're coming on a little bit later than usual is because we have some people joining us from different sides of the world. And first off, joining us all the way from Australia, it's Benjamin Lamb. Ben, how are you? Hello, John. A pleasure to be here. I'm, I'm great. Looking forward to having a chat about the awesome season so far. Yeah, I'm really pumped to get to talk to you. We spoke all the way back at the Jonathan Majors and Taylor Swift episode, so it's been a yes. while. Looking forward to catch up with you. And it's always great to catch up with this guy. He joined me all the way back for the Jason Sudeikis episode. So it's been a while, Casey. Great to get to chat with you. Casey Killingsworth is on the podcast once again. Casey, how are you? I'm doing great. It's uh, good to talk to you again, John, and good to meet you and uh, good to meet you, Ben, and see the uh, just you're in Australia. So it's good to see how far uh, SNL and our podcast, just the how far it reaches across the globe. And uh, it's, it's most importantly, it's good for me to be able to space apart my appearances on the SNL network from eight months in between to just four months in between. So that's <laughs> So that's nice. It's nice to be a valued member of this community and uh, just become 100 you know, more trusted on your talent. So, of yeah. course, of course, 100 percent, Casey. And you are also the king of the live chat. So it's always great to get your thoughts every single time we have a podcast. You're always live there. Uh, so make sure to say hi to Casey in the chat when you see him live on our shows as well. All right, let's get caught up as to where we are at in the season. Like I said, we just finished our January run where we had Ariana DeBose, we had Will Forte, and we had Willem Dafoe come in. And we had a, a very interesting show this week with Willem Dafoe and Katy Perry. So first, Ben, I'll ask you, since it's been a while, what have been your thoughts on season 47 since we last spoke? How are you feeling about the season so far? Yeah, I feel like it's definitely kept the energy up a lot. And I think you mentioned this on a previous show you did. The energy was amazing until the Billie Eilish one. Then, of course, the Paul Rudd one, everything sort of stopped a bit. And I feel like that sort of made them have a step back a bit. They were two steps forward and now sort of one step back. And they're slowly making their way back up. And we've seen sort of instances in these last uh, January episodes where they're getting back to that sort of sketch style and and stuff that we saw in those early episodes and we were all talking about about how ma amazing it was and it's good to see and hopefully this sort of trend continues now that obviously a lot of um writers have left and all the new ones are sort of taking um their spots and places that they'll gel a bit more and we're getting some hopefully more amazing episodes as the season goes on 100%. I mean, it's it's a great transition point to ask you, Casey, because I know that you're, uh, you know, the, the part of the community that you often talk to about Saturday Night Live uh, is very involved with evaluating the writers on the show. And that's been something that's maybe an underrated story as to why we potentially uh, did have a little bit of a lull in the season at some point, because we actually had some writing changeover 
uh, throughout the holidays as well. So uh, would you attribute that to any up and downs throughout season 47? And, and how are you feeling about the season right now? I'm feeling pretty good about the season uh, right now. I mean, since I was last on the Patreon feedback shows, I mean, they had a, a string of uh, very solid episodes, uh, Kieran Culkin, Jonathan Majors, Simi Lou, Billy Eilish, all great hosts. But then there's a big COVID scare that all but canceled the uh, Paul Rudd episode. So we threw together some clips, which and that kind of threw a seems like that kind of threw a monkey wrench into their plans more than anything as far as um, just putting the show on. Is who could they get to host on such short notice? Who's willing to come out to fly in New York in the middle of all this? Um, I'd say, yeah, that's when. A couple of a few reliable writers leave the show. It uh, a few distinct writers whose uh, style you always notice it. Uh, it has an effect, but not as big an effect in putting on the show as uh, sort of a global pandemic rearing its ugly head again. And uh, uh, but um, they've gotten some. I mean, they made some good hosting choices. Uh, maybe there's a little imbalance in the writers' room because. Um, uh, Ariana DeBose, uh, not a lot of people knew what to expect from her. I mean, she was a, a fun presence, but uh, kind of an uneven show. Will Forte, we knew what to expect from him, but some people didn't feel like they got what they expected given his history of the show. Maybe there was a, I maybe didn't mesh all that well with the, the rest of the current cast, but it was, uh, and like you said, um, there was an imbalance in the cast that no one member had more than that was in more than two sketches or had more than a certain amount of screen time. But it was a, it, it was good to see Will again as uh, fans of the show from the same era, like uh, John and myself. It was good to see Will again. He was a it was great a welcome presence. Finally getting his due to host, just a, a company presence in the middle of all this. And um, I mean, the Willem Dafoe episode struck a nice balance. Uh, I mean, they used him well. They didn't underuse him, and maybe they could have used his uh, talents a little bit better. But they, it feel like he blended in with the show the best, and uh, they knew what to do with him most. So, uh, yeah, the the Willem Dafoe episode was the strongest, most balanced episode uh, of that. I agree. The New Year twenty twenty two so far. For sure. And, and my my concern, honestly, guys, was like, if it's not like what are, is, is, are we going to be worried, you know, for this long break we're about to have. But I feel so much better knowing that I felt like the show has been kind of picking up steam a little bit. And I hope that carries on. But Ben, what were your thoughts on the Willem Dafoe episode that we saw this Saturday? Yeah, I agree with what you were saying and what with Casey, and what with, uh, Casey was saying. It, it definitely is a step forward it's so many good things that we've seen from previous um or the earlier seasons and i just love the energy he brought he's got a weird probably not the right word but i guess a weird energy that he brought and it's just it was great to see and he committed a hundred percent to everything he um he did and as you mentioned in our uh, facebook group he gelled really well with the writers which is always a good thing he's always get um it's always good when a host is game for anything and we definitely saw that through many of the uh interesting sketches that we got the sort of toy to funny line between uh like almost scatological and sexual humor which is always good to see and um made it a really enjoyable episode i feel and then i agree with you as well with such a long break 
until the uh, John Mulaney episode, it was a great thing to leave on and I think left a lot of SNL fans in a good mood going into this uh, few-week break. For sure. I, I would say yeah, you said it's weird energy. I'd say it's like weird uncle energy. It's like that, that <laughs> or, you know, like that's what you get from Willem, right? Like it's the guy when you're at like a barbecue with your family and you're like, should I go talk to him? Like what kind of conversation am I going to get into? And like yes. that's that's the type of person that I feel like Willem Dafoe is. And uh, I know there was comparisons uh, when we had Andrew Dick on, on the Hot Take Show. He made comparisons to other, you know, former hosts that are similar to Willem Dafoe. And we talked about, you know, people like Christopher Walken. Um, and Casey, I, I do want to ask you, like, for the archetype that Willem Dafoe fills in terms of his, you know, his hosting and someone like a walk-in or anybody else in that type, how does he compare to these other ones we've seen in the past, do you think? I mean, it's difficult to compare him to guys like Christopher Walken, John Malkovich, these older weird character actors, because um, those guys have hosted multiple times and Willem Dafoe is someone who hosted uh, just for his first time and at such a late point in his career people are like really why why now and why didn't they do this earlier in an earlier era yeah and those other guys hosted in uh earlier eras had different writers different casts and had different ideas of how to use those host talents so it's tough to compare and to prematurely answer one of the uh major feedback questions we got i i do think Willem Dafoe deserves to have the chance to host again, just so uh, the current staff or future writers could, uh, future staff could maybe use this episode as template to figure out how to best use his, um, to best use his talents to suit the show and to see uh, how he really does compare to, uh, to walk in and Malkovich, maybe like obscure, like Rami Malik earlier this season, just obscure character actor host. So it's hard to compare, and he would have to be on the show again for me to, um, especially since they didn't really let him be himself till the end of his show. So we'd have to, you know, see more of him uh, hosting SNL. That's fair. I, I think that. Uh, one of the things that's happened maybe from, let's say, uh, 44, 45, 46, the last like three years prior, is there's been some hosts that have come in that as a community we get like very excited about. And oftentimes the criticism after the show is like the host was really good, but the writing was not so strong. I only wish that host hosted in a different era. And that's that's what I've seen a lot. Whereas in season 47, because things, I believe, are gradually getting to a point that people are a lot happier with the show, um, I think that there's an element of that that's like, oh, if only Willem Dafoe hosted in season 48 or 49 or 50, whatever it ends up being, where, you know, the show continues to get better and better and maybe there's more turnover. But I, I think the major difference between season 47 and the previous few seasons is we're seeing elements in these episodes where a really strong host come in, comes in where I don't feel like the complete episode was wasted. And I, I felt like that happened a few times over the last few years. So I'm glad that we're not seeing that this season. Ben, how do you feel about that? Yeah, it's an interesting point. I don't even know where to go with that. I, he definitely worked well with this cast, I think. And sort of working, I know there was a few times when he was just on his own. I feel like Willem Dafoe, because he's such a strong character actor and can commit to things so well, you don't really need any i think this is the point you were making you don't really need any other cast members he's able to stand on his own and deliver jokes as well as he would with a bunch of the cast um so yeah i i agree with you 
Okay, Casey, do you agree? Yeah, I agree. Uh, like I said, it didn't really feel like they let him, uh, they knew how to let him be himself and go full on crazy until, um, yeah, it didn't feel like the last two sketches that show, you know, the last two sketches that show Beauty and the Beast, the office one, those were the, maybe they should have been put earlier, maybe not, but uh, they were the only ones where um, it seemed like they knew how to use his talents. And, and thinking back to, uh, the trend you mentioned over 44 and 45, uh, Don Cheadle in 44, maybe um, uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge in season 45 were, I mean, the two episodes that come to mind to me where it feels like the writers kind of maybe wasted the talents of this uh, character actor host who you know, could have done really good with a really great material. So I definitely agree with uh, what you were saying here, John. Yeah. And I think that just it, my point isn't necessarily that there's not like something or some hidden gems you can't find in episodes like the Cheetle or the Waller Bridge one if you go back. But I think that the batting average is getting stronger right now. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, ex- I'm excited for what we're going to get to continue to see uh, moving forward from this season. OK, uh, Ben, Casey, do you guys have anything else? Initial thoughts on the episode before we get into social media? And then we have like a ton of questions to answer. So you let me know if you want to Ben, anything from you. No, I think a lot of our questions that are coming up have got to do with things I want to talk about, so we'll wait till then. Okay. Casey, any other initial thoughts you want to bring up? Uh, no, I think I've said my piece on this week, cool. and if you can like read my blog, you want to find uh, my full, complete thoughts further. So like you said, we got a lot of material this week to get to, so let's just get right to it. All right, let's get into social media this week. And I'm excited because we got some sick stuff coming up here in the social media <laughs> segment. All right, let's do it. Uh, let me bring that up on screen right now. There you go. All right, uh, always love to start with uh, something great from the makeup and art department. If you're looking on screen and you're watching our video version of the podcast, uh, we get to put these up on video now. We started doing this last week, so that's fun to put up the actual social media. And this is from the great Louisa Carrion on Instagram at Louis ZFX. We get to see two different Pete Davidsons, one from dress rehearsal and one from live show where uh, he was dressed as the beast. So uh, we get to see a side-by-side here and one, uh, I believe in dress rehearsal, Pete had a nose and brows on that are different than the look that he had in live. So uh, Ben, I'll ask you, which one do you prefer? I prefer the the live one because that uh, one from dress, you can't really tell who it is. I'm sure as soon as he started performing, you could tell. But I like the idea that it's sort of half beast, half Pete. I feel like it worked well in the sketch as well. Thinking back, if he was in that dress stuff, I don't think the sketch would have worked as well, especially because at times he dropped his accent a bit, which just sort of sums up Pete and him sort of in the lack of makeup, I feel like is 10 times better. For sure. Casey, what about you? Any any input here on the Beast? Well, I'm guessing that uh, the pick on the right is dress rehearsal and the left is what they went with on air. And I like the dress rehearsal yes. hands and makeup a little bit better than live air. But if they're going for a, a less is more vibe, I get that. It, it kind of reminds me of um, a pair. I think they put up this video on YouTube or somewhere on social media of, uh, when Pete played the Grinch uh, in the Kristen Wig do a leap episode last time they got to have an actual Christmas show in December 2020. And they showed he was, you know, wearing like orange contacts, like the Grinch's eyes in the movie and his 
as he was kind of stumbling through the sketch and he couldn't read his lines off the cue cards. So maybe that makeup around his his mouth and nose, maybe that interfered with his delivery, his ability to deliver his lines. So you know, whatever works for the show works for me. But hey, Pete's beast makeup was was so good, and they great. I mean, he played the beast so well. He probably should have been uh, a bigger focus of it than uh, I understand Willem Dafoe. But that that was kind of an an unbalanced sketch. Yet the first hints of the crazy Willem Dafoe we all wanted to see. Um, I know some people in my you know, segment of the SNL community, like you said, we're talking with. People said, um, and uh, this isn't anything against uh, Louis Zakarian or the current uh, set designers makeup team. People said sure, it yeah. gave them it gave them season twenty vibes, like that that really bad <laughs> Wizard of Oz sketch in the Sarah Jessica Parker episode, where it's like they did, did they just waste a lot of money on an idea that didn't really work what, oh no what, this idea works no oh, it, it worked but I'm, yeah. I'm not saying it didn't work for me i'm just saying yeah people compared it to that to a weaker season where they um just uh to a weaker season where they didn't know to spend more money on ideas that were better so i'm just i'm just telling you what i guys heard yeah no i get i get that i i would say that's a uh, blasphemous yeah, this this was one of the best sketches of the season, and uh, I I definitely think, or at least, I mean, at least in 2022, so uh, definitely, in my opinion, was worth uh, was worth doing, uh, regardless of whether Pete was using dress makeup or live makeup. Um, okay, let's get on to our next piece of social media. Uh, okay, let's talk about this. Please don't just scro- destroy pre-tape, which had this kid Connor in it, who was played by uh, a young man named Patrick Scott McDermott. And uh, this was so much fun all over social media. If you're not on Instagram, uh, go there and follow Patrick Scott McDermott. Or maybe you haven't seen his profile yet. I mean, he's he's a really young, talented guy. Ben, did you enjoy what we saw from the Please Don't Destroy pre-tape this week? Yeah, I love this sketch. He was a very, very, very talented kid. And I think that um, something that Please Don't Destroy needed was sort of something different. Like it's, it's great, their sketches, and the new one that came onto uh, YouTube today, the new personalities one, it's great when they have just the three of them. But I can kind of understand for the average viewer, maybe they want something different, something bit fresh like we saw with the taylor swift uh, feature and rami malik feature it's good when somebody else comes in and uh, they can play off and i think that this uh the patrick really did it well he gelled so well with the the boys and it was probably my highlight of the night my favorite sketch he uh, yeah really really liked it yeah i didn't get to play the sound clip i think on monday but i love this uh, when uh, connor says this <laughs> the dragons this was so good um but yeah so on screen we have uh, an instagram post from ben marshall uh you know with uh, all of them holding uh connor including colin jost uh from the sketch and then we have uh, john higgins on the right on instagram says our boy Khan, played by at patrick Scott mcdermott will win an oscar one day um so casey what were your thoughts on the please don't destroy pre-tape we got this week yeah everything about this worked for me this uh this young kid, Patrick Scott McDermott, he's got a really bright future ahead of him as an actor in the Please Don't Destroy Boys. They got a bright future on the show. They got a bright future as comedians. And, um, you know, it kind of reminds me of, um, I mean, mostly everything uh, Please Don't Destroy has done on the show that it made it to air and off that got cut. Everything they've done has worked for me. Um, I, it, it 
they bring this sense of camaraderie to the show that I really liked that I don't remember the last time I saw. Uh, I mean, that and they're just, you know, snappy, quick pace editing. It all, all just works. Like, it, uh, at first when it started, I was like, okay, Martin Early, he's just randomly friends with this 10-year-old boy. And then uh, John Higgins just uh, starts, jumps in and just has it out with him. So the Please Don't Destroy boys really know how to play to each other's uh, strengths comedically and yes and each other. And it really shows through in their their writing and performances. And I, I love the picture on the left because I thought Colin Jost had a, made the ending really funny with his line. I love Connor's update joke. Let's get drunk on Hennessy. That was a, that yeah, that was was a good. really Actually, good ending to that. In this picture on the left, by the way, uh, uh, Patrick Scott McDermott, otherwise known as Connor, uh, looks like he's going to turn into Colin Jost when he's older. Like, don't they? They, they look a l- they look very similar to each other. Yeah. Um, so maybe we have a future weekend update host it. on our on our hands. Uh, I want to bring up a couple of funny, really funny comments from the chat if you if the chat doesn't mind. But uh, Monette said uh, that photo on the right looks like a mentorship a mentorship program stock photo. <laughs> not going to lie. Thank you. That, that's very funny, Wynette. Um, and also, uh, I want to bring up that Allison Ken uh, also said today that uh, we got a new Please Don't Destroy pre-tape online, new personalities t- tuned up today, uh, turned up today online. That was cut from Ariana DeBose and Will Forte's episodes. So uh, that's very unusual where we have a, a pre-tape cut from two episodes in a row and then still end up online. So uh, it was great to see that. I don't know if either of you saw that one. I saw that one this morning. It, uh, it really worked for me as well. It's, uh, like I said, they're, they're doing great things for the show. And I hope they do. Um, I hope they do join the cast once. Maybe if Pete and Mikey and Kyle have to leave and create some vacancies, they can join. They can bring their their dynamic to the live sketches. I think that'd be really interesting to see. That's a, a change the show could uh, could really use for the better right now. For sure. Uh, okay, so let me read this uh, one out. Uh, just continuing the uh, theme from Patrick Scott McDermott on Instagram said, I had such a blast filming a skit. Patrick is a sketch. Um, this week for SNL. Uh, fingers crossed that it will air this Saturday night. Uh, and it did. So great job, Patrick. Uh, also comments on this uh, Instagram post from Judd Apatow said, uh, great job. So funny. Uh, Patrick says, thank you so much. John Higgins says, great job, dude. Ben Marshall says, uh, thanks again, young King. So a uh, really great job to Patrick Scott McDermott on this. Okay. Next up, uh, let's talk a little bit about Peyton Manning. So uh, Peyton Manning uh, back on Saturday Night Live. Uh, ben, did you enjoy what we saw from Peyton Manning on Weekend Update? Yeah, it was great. And the, I love the whole um, audience reaction. They just got into every every word he was saying. And he has amazing comedic chops and I, I know you put a um, poll on Instagram or something about it. I would love to see him return as host. He's, he just gave, he sent the episode into overdrive and I really, really enjoyed his, um, his feature. That's probably my second favorite thing after the please don't destroy pre-tape. He's yeah, definitely a very talented person. For sure. Casey, did you enjoy it? I, I liked what, I mean, you know, as a native Colorado night, I always love when, uh, well, at least a former Bronco uh, shows up, even on Weekend Update, if they're not hosting the show. Uh, we got Peyton's second time on the show, and uh, we're back in 2016 after uh, around the time Peyton won Super Bowl 15 retire. I uh, remember Vaughn Miller did a commentary with Michael Che, but yeah, I like what uh, Peyton did. It was a similar vibe uh, this week to what the Please Don't Destroy Boys gave us. They, they really sold it to 
get you fully in on this, uh, this, you know, uh, this uh, absurd premise, you know, the, like they sell you on guy being friends with a 10 year old and Peyton sold you on, um, him being really into Emily in Paris and giving like hyped up John Madden style commentary to he he really sold that for me. It takes a second viewing to really appreciate it, but yeah, yeah, uh, it was just amazing, just so so good just to get him on the on the weekend update. And uh, really, uh, this was a great Instagram post from James Austin Johnson at Shrimp JAJ on Instagram. Said, uh, reunited with my long lost pal Peyton after all of these years, and uh, it's a slideshow where you slide over and you get to see a very young JAJ in a commercial with Peyton Manning uh, from back in the day. So. Uh, this was really cool to get to see them together again. And uh, I still would love to know the story of how Peyton Manning ended up on SNL this week. Uh, just somebody is telling me, I know he was on Fallon on Monday, but he wasn't in the studio. So somebody explained to me how, how Peyton Manning got to SNL and who wrote for him. I know who wrote for him, but why they wrote for him. Um, I would love to get that background. So one day when we get that uh, answer, I'll definitely let everybody know on the podcast because I'm sure it's a great story to hear uh, the behind the scenes there. Okay, let's see what's next. Uh, oh, a little bit more from Peyton Manning. Uh, uh, Lily, Lily J. Collins, so this is the star of Emily in Paris, uh, said on Instagram, uh, Peyton Manning in a beret is everything I didn't know I needed. Still dying over at Emily in Paris inspired weekend update on NBC uh, SNL last night. So uh, thank you, Lily. That is a great uh, tie-in to what we got to see from Peyton Manning this week. Okay. Uh, this one from Alex English talking about one of our cut sketches we got online this week called Nice Jail. Casey, were you happy to see Nice Jail pop up online? Uh, yeah, I like seeing it. Um, I mean, this was this should have gone the show just because it was the best use of uh, Willem Dafoe. Uh, a little long, but again, Dafoe really, really sold it for me on such just a just a simple, silly concept. He really threw himself into it and that's what uh, that's what I wanted to see. That's what uh, he should get to host more to get more of a chance to do. So, yeah, I'm glad to be getting this sort of inside backstage glimpse into SNL again. Yeah, so um, this was a very weird sketch that got cut and ended up online where we saw um, we saw Willem Dafoe as the creator of a jail that was nice because uh, he was not treated well when he went to, to jail himself. And it was a very cute uh, sketch that you could check out online. Uh, one of the writers for the sketch, Alex English, said, would you believe me if I told you explaining the phrase head ass to Willem Dafoe on, was on my vision board this year? I had a blast writing this. Uh, ben, did you get a chance to catch this cut sketch? Yeah, and I agree with Casey. It was a, a great sketch. Definitely should have made its way in. And I think it really works well, him on his own. He's, so many sketches from the episode with just Willem to the screen, which I reckon works. I feel like really works well. And another thing was Alex English. I know he hasn't really had many um, sketches on, so it was great for him to have one and especially for punky to be in one as well i know him uh sorry punky and alex work really closely together so it's always good but yeah it was a really awesome sketch and anytime it's just willem playing a crazy character to the screen it's you know it's going to be good it can be terrible writing and not very funny jokes but if he's just acting mad to the screen you know it's going to be at least enjoyable <laughs> for sure okay 
Um, next up, okay, so I do want to talk about this a little bit. This came out before the episode where John Mulaney posted a photo of Pete Davidson with his baby, uh, wrote Uncle Pete on it. And uh, I don't know, we can't see it in this photo, but you get to see Pete's chipped tooth in this which was very weird. Um, but obviously, uh, this was a little bit of a precursor to us finding out that John Mulaney would be coming in uh, to host. And we're going to talk a lot about that. Uh, you know, with, we had a lot of questions about John Mulaney. So um, before we get to the questions, Ben, any thoughts on this photo? Oh, it's great to see. I don't really, you don't really see this side of Pete often, do you? Yes, I know. Yes. We, I, we don't. We, <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> It's it's really cool to see. Obviously, him and um John have had a great relationship, and hopefully, we get a, a good night for both of them uh, when it comes to the episode in February. I'm sure Pete's always keen to work with John, and yeah, it's clear that they they get along well. For sure, Casey. Any comment? Uh, well, you know, in spite of John Mulaney's recent troubles, it's uh, it's at least good to. Uh, it is good to see he's still a good influence on Pete. He's you know, at least Pete's rock for as long as he's uh, go through his life on SNL. And hey, maybe maybe someday when Pete's a little bit older, more mature, maybe we could see him as a dad. I'm sure he'll pick up he'll you know pick up something some good I'm tips sure. from some good father tips from John Mulaney. I mean, uh, yeah, seems like having a kid would be what John Mulaney would would need right now just to just to ground him just to be a dad just to put yeah. his life into perspective you know and who knows there might be little pete's out there right now that we don't even know about <laughs> so you know you never know uh, maybe maybe pete's already a dad we just don't know it um okay all right so that's uh that's not that's it for our traditional social media segment i do have one more thing i do want to bring up guys which is um uh, I'm not sure. Uh, ben, are you a Big Brother fan? Because I know that there is Big Brother over there in Australia as well. Yeah, it's, it just came back this year, I think, in Australia. So, yeah, I love it. Okay. Did you hear that former cast member Chris Kattan is on Big Brother? Yes, I did. That should be very interesting. Okay. Casey, what about you? Have you heard that Chris Kattan is on Celebrity Big Brother? I have heard about this. I've seen the tweets. It's been shared in Andrew dick's discord and i heard uh, nicole and rebecca talk about an hollywood dish so i mean i have okay. heard about it i wish it success with it okay casey can you sum up like uh for for you know people who haven't seen a lot of chris Kattan, like what kind of, what type of cast member was he on saturday Night live obviously he hasn't been on the show uh i mean i think i know he's done a couple cameos but i mean he was a cast member up until 2003 so it's been about 20 years so just fill in our, our newer younger listeners what chris who chris Kattan was as a cast member I mean, I don't know if uh, the phrases Mango or Mr. Peepers or A Night of the Roxbury mean anything to our younger listeners who aren't that familiar with uh, like pre-2005 SNL. But yeah, he was kind of a go-to guy for just um, a little like uh, a little like Kristen Wiig and that he was just a go-to guy for just uh, very zany, wacky, over-the-top high high pitch almost very shrill type characters so um i mean he made his mark on the show certainly uh he's uh been kind of all over the place after that he, he was on dancing with the stars as uh Katan, or manette points out um yeah yeah so, that's basically it a big big character guy that uh, the show had at the right time 
For sure. And, and so tonight was the premiere of Celebrity Big Brother. Uh, we're taping this on, on Wednesday, February 2nd. So tonight was the premiere. So we got to see, a, if you watch the show, you got to see a little bit of Catan. Um, and uh, it was very interesting to get to watch because I, I obviously haven't seen him on television in a while. And um, I was trying to figure out if, if everything was okay with Chris Catan. And I did read up that this very weird story about how Chris apparently claims that he hurt himself in an SNL sketch a, like a long time ago and that he ended up having some like back issues and neck issues because of it. And um, so I was wondering if, if there was, if Chris Catan was okay. But what I decided to do is, is um, you know, on the SNL network, we're going to try our best as long as Chris Kattan stays in the house to give you a Chris Kattan update on as many podcasts as possible throughout this Olympic break. So I'm going to play a very short, uh, about a 40 second clip from tonight's premiere of Celebrity Big Brother. And I'll get your thoughts, Ben and Casey, on how you guys think that Chris Kattan is going to do on Celebrity Big Brother. So I'll bring up this clip for everybody right now. What are you? Are you nine feet ten? <laughs> ten feet nine. Look, look at this. Look, look. Let's <laughs> <laughs> get it popping. To uh, having a wonderful time and <laughs> to being kind and lovely to each other. Thus far, <laughs> thus far. Everyone's acting all chummy chummy and happy to be around pretty soon. The knives are gonna come out, people's throats are gonna start getting cut, and then we're gonna be sent home in body bags. <laughs> Let the war begin. So, so that, that last commentary was from, uh, from Willis from different strokes, but, um, yes, it's going to be a fun time. Uh, at the beginning of the clip, if you're listening on audio, you got to see Chris Kattan walk up to Lamar Odom, who is literally twice his size. Um, so I, what I hope is, is that we get some fun commentary and some fun SNL stories, especially from Chris Kattan's time on the show, because if you're not a fan of big brother, you actually get to watch some live feeds and you if you're really into it, uh, and you get to hear some really cool stories. So maybe we'll get some background information on Chris's time on the show that we wouldn't have otherwise gotten. So uh, Casey, any thoughts on how you think Chris Kattan is going to do on celebrity big brother? I mean, he'll do well uh, starting out. I'm sure. I mean, he seemed, you know, pretty positive. He seemed like a positive upbeat guy who was there, who was there to make friends. Unlike most reality show contestants that he seemed like he was really, he really wanted to keep people's spirits up and get along with everyone. But you, you have to remember most reality shows. I'm not a, in reality TV for this reason, but most reality TV shows are very scripted and coached and heavily, heavily edited. Uh, just interviews spliced in out of context. And I mean, I could see Katan being, you know, coached or scripted into maybe starting a big fight with someone. That might be entertaining. It is a reality show. It's all about the drama. So, uh, and they'll, you know, make up and forgive each other off camera and just realize it's all because they didn't know it's off the show. So we'll see. Uh, he, he could be better for the show than, than I would have initially given credit for when, yeah when I heard this is happening. So best. I was impressed. It'll you know, be making a big brother. Thank you. Thank you. And I was, I, I, I agree. And I was impressed actually that, um, that he was giving the speech that he was the one out of everybody who was standing at the table, Ben, that Chris Catan was leading, leading the group. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't think that, but he's clearly got a lot of energy and he's happy to be there, which is the main thing. And as you mentioned, I know he's had some personal struggles, so I guess it might be good for him to go there and tell his story and hopefully he gets back into the minds of people, especially not SNL fans who like him, think he's funny. And I, he was really good on SNL back in the early days, and I hope this sort of brings him back into the 
mainstream, I guess you could say. He's he's great. Hope he does well. Yeah. Yeah, this is actually, a, this, uh, we'll end the segment off, by the way, because uh, I, I do want to play more Chris Quintana stuff on other podcasts if he's still there. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But I, I would love to uh, answer this question from Nick in the chat, which says, uh, which present or recent present day SNL player will be on Celebrity Big Brother in 2033? So in about 10 years, uh, Casey, do you have a guess? Which, which recent <laughs> SNL player will be on Celebrity Big Brother in about 10 years? Somebody said... Uh... Pete, I definitely agree. He seems like the only president cast member to go in on that side of uh, celebrity. Maybe Kyle, he'd be he'd be a high energy type guy that'd be good for that. Um, I can't really imagine anyone else from this cast doing uh, reality TV just to, just to say stay somewhat in the limelight. But I'm just going to go with Pete. Uh, I see Ken George Jones says Melissa. I I oh my, I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, I would hope she has a better career than that in the future. Yeah, that's uh, Ben, you know, I guess. Yeah, I agree with Casey. Pete definitely, mainly just because his life outside of SNL is so newsworthy and people know him. And I reckon he'd be, a, I feel like he would be a great uh, draw card for the show. And yeah, definitely Pete, I can see. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, John Milheiser. <laughs> we'll pop up on <laughs> pop up on celebrity big brother in 10 years um okay that's uh, that's a random guess uh so yeah we have a ton of questions to get to let's start getting to them right now uh we'll start at the top so uh great question here from monette who is also joining us live in the chat uh monette says should snl have used the topic of this week's cold open to debut a new putin impression who would you have cast as him? So this is a great question, Monette, because I had actually heard, and again, I'm not 100% sure, and these things are not always uh, for sure, but I had heard that there were some rumblings of trying to get back to the show this week. Don't know if it was just a call to see if it was just, hey, can you come by or or whatever it was. Um, but obviously he's living in L.A. and there was a big snowstorm. So I would say the chances are that uh, probably uh, couldn't make it. But uh, I thought it was interesting to, I hadn't had a chance to bring that up the week that I had actually heard that on the weekend at some point. Um, but who knows, right? Because uh, we haven't seen Beck all season. Ben, uh, if you could cast a Putin to replace Beck though, who would you pick? <laughs> actually, you sent these questions in advance and I actually wrote down Beck. So that's a great question, but I was trying to think of who would be the best to fill in. And besides JAJ, I really don't know anybody else, which I don't I know that wouldn't have worked because he was playing Biden in this week's cold open, but I feel like he's the only only choice. We know he's so talented in many other areas. And in terms of um, impersonations, maybe Aristotle at a stretch. But I, I think that he's the only one who could be able to handle such a distinct, and Bex was so good. I feel like JAJ would be the only one to handle such a distinct and um, hard, to, hard to do in person. But yeah, I definitely, I reckon, I felt like Beck would have been... Um, the first choice but yeah as you mentioned he couldn't show up so yeah probably jaj okay casey what about you i would say uh alex moffitt because i'm pretty sure he's the i mean he's probably the guy who could do the best uh russian accent out of this cast i think we've seen him do it before i i um I, I do remember when Beck played Putin in the Sandra O oh episode. He was having a meeting with his generals about how yeah, no one sees him the way he sees him because of the Mueller reports that he was uh, he's clean. And I remember uh, 
Alex doing the best uh, Russian accent besides maybe Cecily and Beck, who's playing Putin. So I'd I'd go with Alex. It had to be someone besides Beck if Beck just can't pop in for another week. Yeah, for sure. But would Alex Moffat have to be shirtless like Beck was? I I mean, they've had Beck's Putin in a suit a couple of times before. I don't know if the shirtless thing is necessary because we all get the we've seen the photos. We get the meme by now. Just uh, just put Putin in a suit. And, uh, maybe just give us a different like like J.J. has a different take on Trump now post-presidency than Baldwin did during his time in office. So maybe just. Maybe just give us a new take. Have Alex in a suit give us a new take on Putin for a new era of Putin. Got it. Okay. Let's uh, let's take this next question from Haley Riverstone. And Haley asks, would you like to see Willem Dafoe return? I enjoyed him, but I felt like the writers weren't sure how to write for him. So we did talk about this a little bit in our intro, Casey. But is there anything else you wanted to follow up about potentially seeing Willem Dafoe return? I mean, I agree completely with what Haley Riverstone said. Uh, he, he should return. He uh, should be given more chances to do what we saw in uh, the nice jail sketch and the uh, the Beauty and the Beast sketch and the office sketch and have that be uh, the big focus centerpiece of the sketch. And that's how that's really how the writers properly used Willem Dafoe. And even if they didn't, even if he was more peripheral in sketches, they he really gave it his all anyway. So you know, whatever he does, he he deserves to be back just for you know how he adapted his acting skills to the show. Definitely. Ben, what are your thoughts on the answer to Haley's question? Yeah, Casey put it well. Um, I would love to see him return. And I agree, definitely. There was times when I felt the writers struggled to write for him. As I mentioned before, I feel like using the scatological in a way and sexual humor is almost like a a cheat code in a way you have an older person who is a bit eccentric having these jokes you know you know it's going to be an easy laugh which was still good and was still very enjoyable but i feel like that that's where it may be they didn't know how to write to his strengths as well his strengths as well as they could have but yeah to answer the question i definitely would like to see him return and maybe not for a few years until we get a hopefully a massive turnover of uh cast but yeah 100 percent would like to see him return Okay. Uh, ben, do you want to read this next question from uh, Blood Meridian, who's joining us in the chat live? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, compared to our newbies from the previous two seasons, 12 episodes in, how do you think our current newbies are doing in comparison to those in the last two seasons? All right. So what do you think, Ben? Um, I think they're doing really well. I the, Obviously, James Austin Johnson is, a, is an outlier. He's done very as well as any new member has in the last few decades but i think they've been doing really well obviously we haven't seen a lot from aristotle which um well, we're seeing some really good things a few things we have seen from him have been really really strong which is always good to see Whereas you think back to the last few seasons the first sketch appearances from the new members maybe weren't as impactful as sarah's has been and as aristotle's have been in these first few episodes so i reckon I'm sorry, I keep using reckon, which is an Australian word. I keep, That's I right. feel like <laughs> that um, the the current newbies are doing very well compared to the previous seasons to answer the question. Yeah, Casey, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, the newbies from the past three seasons, uh, Ego Woden, Chloe Feynman, uh, Bowen Yang, um, uh, 
Andrew Dismukes and Punky Johnson. Um, I'd say compared to them, I'd say as much as we'd like to see more of Sarah Sherman, JJ, Aristotle, Atari, I'd say they're on the right path. They're, um, they're where they need to be. Uh, Cause cast members like uh, Ego and Chloe uh, didn't really begin to leave their mark on the show until uh, at least at the earliest their second season and in Chloe's case her third season and this week with uh, everything she was in um, I mean you can't really compare uh, James Austin Johnson to anyone from previous seasons because well you can only really compare him to um, Bo and Yang and maybe to a lesser extent Andrew Dismukes because um I mean, he came out swinging with Biden his first episode, and uh, Bowen got a lot of stuff early on, and Andrew Dismukes gradually found his niche and his uh, toward the end of his first, beginning of his second year. And um, but Bowen and Andrew were two guys who were there as writers for a few years, so they kind of already dug out their own niche in the show for themselves, and they've worked with everyone enough. To, that they know their place and they know their strengths and weaknesses. And and J.J. just came in like that with all his uh, political impressions and voices and everything. So, um, yeah. yeah, they're all right where they need to be. And, um, uh, yeah, I'm sure I might add more to that, but I think I've, I've said yeah, it. I've kind of drawn a blank. Great. I was going to wrap that up. Thanks. No problem. Uh, so yeah, JJ to me, uh, I actually think is a complete outlier, obviously. Um, but I would say that uh, what we're getting to see from Sarah and Aristotle, um, it's definitely been a little bit quieter during this lull. But again, like totally, ex- like we don't know what we would have seen from them had it not been for the COVID protocols that ended up being instituted and eventually pretty much canceling the Paul Rudd show. And yeah, like it, we ended up getting a lull in the season. So uh, it sort of fits. But I actually think that Sarah and Aristotle, to me, are about in line with what I've seen in initial seasons from Ego, from Chloe, from Bowen, and from Andrew. I think that the um, the exceptions in the other direction, whereas JJ is the positive outlier, I think the negative outlier is certainly, um, you know, Punky Johnson unfortunately, which is, again, something, you know, we haven't got to see. She had a really good start and then kind of faded towards the end of, you know, 46, and we just haven't seen much. Uh, obviously, had a very good episode this week, but, you know, still hasn't seen much from it or we're waiting for more. And then uh, Lauren Holt had a great start to season 46, uh, playing uh, um, Casey. Uh, she had a prominent role, uh, just blanking on it. Um, uh, she did yeah. that Valentine's Day commentary on Weekend Updates uh, with Che and I. I, I think uh, that was it. Uh, I think she had a uh, someone in the chat maybe will help me out, but I think she had a uh, a celebrity impression as well that was pretty uh, big. Uh, at the she show. was um, oh, uh, Pence's Je- wife, Jenna yes. Ellen. Yeah, Pence's yes. wife and That's Giuliani's uh, lawyers. One of Giuliani's assistants from from his trial. Yes, but what happened there basically is like again, I hate to archetype every single person on Saturday Night Live, but basically what happened was is like. 80 pretty much came back and that was the end. That was the last thing we heard of Lauren Holt. So 
for me, it's just like I, I do see that there is areas here that Sarah and Aristotle and of course Punky, uh, they, they haven't been filling. So the hope is that they're going to step up and take those things. And I actually feel like Sarah to me is like a no brainer, obviously stepping up in different ways. And I think Aristotle will get his shots towards the end of the season. So I see a lot of people in the chat very high on this group of rookies. I think this is a great group. Of, this is a great rookie class. Really just like one of the best we've had in a long time. Okay. Uh, Casey, do you want to uh, read? Actually, I'll, I'll take this next one and you'll do the next one. Um, okay. So this next one is from Naomi Wyas, who I believe has joined us live as well. Uh, maybe I missed this, but why the long plot, the, why the long pause until the Blaney episode? So that is because of the Winter Olympics. So NBC broadcasts uh, the Winter Olympics. They're on pretty much like the entire day and night, uh, whether it's live or repeats. So, um, Basically, there's like no room to have Saturday Night Live. All of NBC's content uh, stops. Um, Casey, they've been they've been cutting for Olympic content for a while, right? So I think that the Olympics used to be on CBS, maybe back early in in the early days of SNL. So they didn't do that. Yeah, I remember. I think it was the 2000 Olympics in Sydney where they uh, started showing the Olympics. But I think in 04, the Athens Greece ones. I think that was the point where they um, just started preempting everything for a month for 24 hour Olympics coverage. Cause that's the biggest thing ratings wise they had going for them. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's how I remember NBC treat the Olympics. For sure. So this is, this is pretty, uh, pretty typical. The unfortunate part, like I said, was obviously this Paul Rudd episode made, uh, made us feel like we had an even longer break over the Christmas, uh, holidays. So it kind of felt like we had like two huge breaks in a row. And that was unfortunate for the schedule. Um, okay. Uh, Casey, do you want to read this question from Ike Moore? Sure. Ike Moore, another great patron who's, uh, been on these shows. Um, Ike Moore asked, do you guys think it's too soon for Mulaney to return given his tough year or so? And you know what? Um, I'm going to say yes, uh, even though I know Mulaney has a big comeback tour that he needs to get you know, warmed up for to stand up monologue in SNL before he goes back out on the road. But um, I was kind of hoping that uh, Mulaney and the show would Mulaney and SNL would sort of take a mutual break from each other. Well, you know, Mulaney take a got Delaney. His personal. Uh, yeah, take a Delaney. Mulaney gets his personal issues together. And um, yeah, I just, um, you know, Mulaney's coming up. I was looking over my old blog reviews from his last two shows, and I noticed how much I talked about how I didn't want to see uh, John Mulaney just become the new Justin Timberlake of his era. Because, um, yeah, he, he was fun, but he kind of did, Timberlake did all the same sketches in the same way every time. Uh, there may have been a diminishing returns with things like Barry Gibb Talk Show, uh, Dick and a Box Singers, bringing on down to Omelettville, all the, every little beat he hit every time he was on. And, you know, that's fine for just Timberlake. He's like a pop star turned comedian turned actor. But Mulaney was always a comedian, a writer, a stand-up. He had a mind for writing comedy. And in his first two uh, episodes, um, you know, he would, you know, uh, you know uh, work with the cast to develop their voices, create new sketches. He would give featured players like Heidi and Luke Null and uh, Ego their own showcases for them. And uh, 
he'd dig out some of his uh, obscure dress cuts he wanted to do that landed like Diner Lobster was one of those. Uh, but the two episodes he hosted in 2020, he kind of fell into that set formula of um, doing every, like the Uncle Meme, the big Broadway numbers. He's kind of fallen into the Timberlake trap of kind of doing the, all the same things uh, to the point where you might get sick of him. But I understand uh, two major things or three major things in 2020 that led to that were, I mean, COVID uh, throwing a wrench into their plans and uh, maybe because of COVID, Mulaney being essentially forced by Lauren to uh, come back and fill in for uh, scheduling issues and uh, Mulaney's you know, relapse that led him to go back into rehab. So, but since um, well, I, I, Mulaney's rehab is behind him and um, we're kind of in the midst of another COVID monkey wrench uh, situation with uh, this mid period of the show. I'm, I'm hoping um, at least one of those big things being out of the way and hopefully Mulaney yeah. getting to uh, host the show when it was convenient for his schedule will lead to you know, a more fresh and creative show rather than just, you know, more of the same because this worked once with Mulaney. Let's just do it all over again. Right. And I definitely see the Timberlake comparisons in terms of uh, this episode feels like a John Mulaney episode and Timberlake's episodes feel like a Timberlake episode. But my two cents on this, uh, as far as hosts coming back so often, is I always love to see a host come back who was a great host at a different point in their lives. And I don't know that, again, that it's been enough time. I know he's been through a lot in the last year and a half or whatever, but I don't know that there's been enough time for us to really say John Mulaney's at a much different point of his life than he was the last time he hosted or the time before or whatever it was. Like, I think, you know, having somebody come back, you know, five years later is super interesting to me, especially if they're a well-celebrated well host, because then we get to see something different. Um, but I, I know I'm talking about both sides of my mouth, but at the same time, there is a really cool element to this, Ben, and I see that Alice brought this up in the chat, which is that it's very rare in the history of the show that somebody comes back so many seasons in a row. Like, it's kind of cool because we did have this in the 90s with John Goodman and Alec Baldwin and, and uh, Tom Hanks a little bit in the late 80s, uh, Steve Martin and Buck Henry in the 70s. So uh, it's really rare. So I guess in a way it's unique, so it's cool. But I, in general, I prefer spacing between hosting appearances. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. Definitely. And I feel like it's a great point you bring up in the sense of you need somebody, if you're having a repeat host, especially up until their uh, five timers, you want them at different points of their life, maybe over a, a decade or so. And um, I feel like he, the sketches, he, uh, the shows he hosted in 2020, as Casey mentioned before, they weren't, they sort of repeated a lot of the same things. And I feel like I, I hope not, but I feel like this episode in February is going to be maybe similar to that. We'll be we'll be definitely seeing a lot of the same things, and I feel like that there's should have been many other choices who should have reached this five timers mark over him. He's a great performer, obviously, and he would have definitely made five timers at some point. But in, in the overall scheme of things, I feel like he 
definitely, especially because he's such a strong performer on the monologue side, you're getting, you're most likely getting a lot of the same jokes as well, which goes back to your point in the sense of you want someone at different points in their life. Obviously, he's been through a lot and maybe he needs this like, SNL thing. He can have a bit of normality and get back to a, his own style again. But um, I feel like, to go back to the original question, I feel like it is too soon, but it still will always be good to see because he's such a strong performer and you know he'll deliver yeah. And I think like some of the five timers that you've seen, like you could off the top of your head, just like look at a five timer and be like, okay, I know what cast members that person gels with really well. Like I know what, you know, when they hosted, they're like, uh, I know that Timberlake is a Samberg guy. I know that he's a, a Fallon guy, but like, I guess who's John Mulaney's guy. Is it, is it Pete? Like, is it like, is there somebody that, uh, you know, John Mulaney has to come back in this era because this person is still on the show. Uh, Casey, is there like a direct answer for that? I mean, it is Pete for obvious reasons, but it can also be uh, Cecily or any of the you know women with the really good Cecily, Kate, any of the women, the theater kids, the women with the really good singing talents with Broadway sketches. It could be Chris Red. Um, I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's a good point, and that that kind of goes to my point where you when we're talking about comparing the Timberlake SNL hosting career to the Mulaney hosting career, which to me is like. Uh, Timberlake hosted in 2003. He was boys with Jimmy Fallon. They produced a ton of stuff together. We got the Barry Gibb talk show. And then Jimmy wasn't there when Timberlake comes back a second time. And then he's forced basically to work with these new cast members. And in comes Andy Samberg. And then you have gold. So I, I that's where, you know, to my point, where there's enough turnover, then you start to see magic from these really good hosts. So Yeah, it's like the opposite of that. Mulaney's hosting here because... Um, it used to be the first two episodes that cast members at Mulaney would gel with were the new people who were it's their first year, they're struggling to get on, like you had Heidi, Ego, those people. But then it just became, uh, he was working with the theater kids at Pete and Chris and um, the, you know, Chloe didn't get a showcase, Lauren Hull, Punky, Dismukes, they, they didn't get anything, even though Mulaney was just slotted in. It's like you know, those new people should be the ones he, he gels with. He forces himself to, I mean, he makes himself work with those or with the new writers, develop people's voices. Uh, that, that should have been the template that Mulaney's episodes should have kept uh, following, but it was just the timing and uh, outside circumstances beyond SNL's control kind of threw that out the window. For sure. Okay, let's take this question from Pau Posada. Pau says, uh, do you think John will appear at the Weekend Update desk? So, uh, Ben, I mean, back in the day when John Mulaney was a writer, uh, this is where we met him. We met him at the Weekend Update desk, him coming out and introducing himself while he was on Seth's Weekend Update. So any chance you think we're going to get to see him on Weekend Update? Yeah, of course. As, uh, and as you mentioned, that's where we first saw him. So I'm sure that he knows everybody likes that and we'll get to see it again. And as I said before, he's so strong, just obviously delivering his jokes. There's almost a 100% chance we're going to see him on the update desk. And I feel like it's going to be maybe a similar thing to what Pete usually does or sort of what uh, John did on Seth Meyers, just a recap of the last year. And I know he's been using a lot of what's happened in the last year in his stand-up. So I reckon we'll I feel like we will get a, a a feature of that, and that'll be great to see. Okay, Casey, your thoughts? I mean, yeah, we did meet Mulaney for the first time in the Update Desk, but one could say, you know, John Mulaney's bigger than Weekend Update now. He's he's John Mulaney. He's made a name for himself. I mean, 
we know he's going to do like a 10, 15 minute stand up monologue where he can just talk about whatever he wants. I mean, why would he really need to? I mean, even just as a character, maybe he wants to try that. That'd be interesting to see. But other than that, why would he need to be on the at the weekend update desk as himself again uh, when he does a stand up monologue? I mean, he could just do that on the weeks when he's not hosting and, you know, Pete wants to bring him in. But again, that'd be a little bit of Mulaney overload. But, um, yeah, he hasn't done it in any other times he's hosted because he does a monologue. So why would he right. do that this now? He just do a monologue for sure. And then the uh, the the you know the uh, prologue to his hosting career was obviously him coming on while Bill Hader did Stefan when Bill hosted. And uh, I mean, obviously, if if there was going to be a Bill Hader cameo, maybe that's the spot where you do it in. So. Um, yeah, that that could be uh, that would be my two cents on it, but I, I wouldn't expect necessarily to get Mulaney on a weekend update. Uh, okay, so we also had this question uh, from two people at Rainy Day River and Gabriella Toborelli uh, says, "Will there be a musical theater sketch uh, across the board, uh, guys? Uh, thumbs up. We we all agree. Yeah, yeah, I could Definitely. see him doing it. I I'd, I'd like to see how they do it differently." Uh, but just who's what cameos will be different, what songs will be different. But uh, but other than that, it's like a, a paint by numbers kind of thing that I'd like to see them get away from it's in favor of just something more fresh and original. And maybe maybe giving Sarah Sherman and Aristotle Atari or Punk or just Mukes airtime to do something new that they haven't shown us. Yes, for sure. Uh, Casey, you want to take this next question from Ken? Okay, so a good friend of mine, Ken George Jones, says, is there one particular current cast member you really want to see John sharing sketch time with? What about one of Loom who could feasibly return to the show? Um, I mean, the first part of that, I, I'd really, I'd like to see him do something with Aristotle. Uh, we haven't seen much of him, so let's uh, showcase more of his talents, but I'd really like to see him do something with uh, uh, Sarah Sherman. I mean, we've seen Sarah gels the best with the PDD boys as writers, and we don't quite know who uh, Aristotle gels with. Um, so I think Mulaney would uh, best serve Aristotle, or even, uh, as I just said, Punky or Dismukes, just to help them find their voice. Um, uh, what about one alum who can feasibly return to the show? Uh, well, as we've seen, Mulaney's alum cameos are going to be from Mulaney's era. So, uh, Fred Armisen lives in New York. Uh, he wouldn't have to fly out and seem totally done with the show yet. Uh, maybe Will Forte. He was just on the show. If he's, if he's still in New York for whatever reason, I wouldn't mind seeing that. But, um, uh, yeah, maybe... Yeah, outside cameos are another thing that um, they should play down in Mulaney's show in favor of just more original, uh, just original, fresh content that uh, Mulaney helps uh, the newer staff just discover and showcase. Okay. Uh, ben, your thoughts? Any cast member you would like to see Mulaney work with and any alum that could pop in that you enjoy seeing on the Mulaney episode? Mm, I agree with uh, Casey. It always will be good to see him gel with the newer cast, and it's always good to see the uh, 
the younger people and the newer performers get a voice. And as you mentioned, and just to repeat it, it would be amazing to see Aristotle get a, a showcase again besides Angelo. Um, and then in terms of one alum, I agree completely. Anyone from his era makes complete sense. I'm not sure about Bill Hader's whereabouts, but he'd be amazing to see always. I know he cameoed in, I'm not sure what episode, but one of John's previous episodes and that was really great to see they, they work well off each other and i know they've worked outside of the show a lot um i really would like him to see to see bill Hader return to the show but i don't know if that's feasible i know that's the question yeah i would love to see it i think uh if i'm going to go outside the box on some cameos that i would love to see or someone you know snl related that could pop in uh give me simon rich and marika sawyer the two writers that used to write with john mulaney i think that would be really fun to see them come in um to write with him or to appear on screen as just a little bit of an homage to those three used to write together uh when they were on the show so uh that could be a little fun and uh this is going to lead into our next questions but really uh we've gone about it you know a little over an hour talking uh, through the Mulaney episode a lot and haven't mentioned that it's his fifth time hosting. So, uh, you know, it's a five timers, uh, you know, potential. And you have to think about the expectation being that we're going to get a long stand up monologue. But truth be told, do we get the five timer sketch in the instead? Because you can't really do both. Right. So this question comes in from Jonathan Mark and says, do you think they'll do a five timers club sketch on the Mulaney episode? Ben, what do you say? I I really hope so, but as we've mentioned a lot, John is obviously so strong with his stand-up. Maybe, maybe not. We'll possibly see some cameos of five timers throughout, but I feel like because of Paul Rudd's uh, five timers episode, and it sort of was a bit of a dampener for everybody who who knew that there was a five timer sketch on its way. So it'd be cool to see. Um, Oh, it's a, it's a tough one, isn't it? Do you, you weigh up, what would you rather see? The uh, 15-minute amazing stand-up set or a five-timers club full of cameos? Oh, there's, I, there's no question. Uh, Obviously, the five-timers club. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But I can understand people who would rather the um, stand-up set. I cannot. But <laughs> Yes. Um, okay. Well, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Casey, do you think they're going to do the five-timers club or do you think we're going to get long monologue or some version of both? Well, I mean... We know a five-timers sketch wouldn't be the monologue. We know it would be Mulaney's stand-up. And since we'd already seen three five-timers sketches, Tom Hanks, uh, Justin Timberlake, uh, Jonah Hill, uh, I, th I think the Hanks one really holds up the best, to tell you the truth. I, I would rather see, I mean, maybe they could do a different type of five-timers sketch in the middle of the show, like when they had... Um, Alec Baldwin and Steve Martin at the 12 time platinum lounge, something, something format breaking like that. But I'd kind of rather see how it's a sneak preview of how Mulaney's last year of his personal life would affect his stand up than another five timers uh, sketch where, oh, it's Tom Hanks and Steve Martin and Paul Rudd come and put a jacket on him. Yay, five-timer. We had to get him in there. I'd, uh, yeah, I'd rather see a little bit more uh, format breaking or just um, or just maybe a new perspective on stand-up from uh, Mulaney because I, from what I've heard, people went to his show and said, man, it's gotten a little bit darker than his previous stand-up. So, uh, yeah, I'd go for more Mulaney stand-up than a five-timer thing. Yeah, I 
I think that if there was a blend, like potentially, uh, you know, start up the the um, start up the monologue, let him do a couple of jokes and go on for a few minutes, and then uh, maybe some type of interruption from Paul Rudd who comes out, and you know, we get finally get some type of synergy between what was going to happen in December and what will happen for Mulaney, and we get like the proper. Um, you know, honors for both of them to get into the five timers club. I think that would be fun because we do know for a fact that for the first time in a long time, there was actually going to be a five timers club in December. So that's unfortunate and that we didn't get that there. And we did get some of the names that were going to be there. And some of them, obviously we got to see on screen during the Paul Rudd episode, but this question comes in from Rachel Brown. It says who will help initiate John Mulaney to the five timers. Do you think Paul Rudd will get another chance? So Rachel uh, asked that question, Casey, what do you say? Well, if Paul Rudd wants another chance and if he wants to fly out and Tom Hanks wants to come back and Steve Martin, Mark Charles, if they want to, then, I mean, let him, uh, as long as it's something format break in the middle of the show. I just remembered when uh, Melissa McCarthy became a five-timer and they waited till the end of the show to have Steve Martin and, you know, that season's permanent resident, Alec Baldwin, come out and give her a... A, a jacket and have them have those two guys just sort of snap at each other continue their ride but that was at the end of the show during the good nights it's like wow you didn't you didn't expect that because the whole show went by without them uh acknowledging it so uh and you know the rock had one with his uh, regular monologue and put a jacket on him and then tom hanks came out and said hey we're running for president so yeah as long as it's that uh level of format breaking or just something different than um then why not cool ben what do you say yeah i regardless of when it happens throughout the episode um i rec- i feel like paul rudd is almost a definite and as you mentioned there john it's almost be a um a sort of co-thing it's also sort of marking paul rudd's five timers i know we did it in the december episode but a, a proper uh moment for him and I feel like, besides Paul Rudd, um, oh, Will Ferrell, maybe he's a five timer, isn't he? Yeah, they'd be great to see, and just and anyone really. It, all the five timers are obviously five timers for a reason. Um, it'd be great to see anybody in the sketch to initiate him. For sure, it would be fun, and I do like the suggestion from Ellis. Maybe having Seth Meyers there, obviously not a five timer, only a one timer, but uh, you know somebody who has been a great friend to Mulaney, I think could be a really nice touch to having him there for the episode. Um, okay, a couple more questions. Uh, this one comes from Jason Waterfalls. It says, will Cecily Strong be back with her show coming to an end? Uh, the assumption, right, is that she'll be there. Uh, Casey, we haven't heard anything otherwise, right? Uh, I haven't heard anything from the usual sources, the, any of the big Cecily stands. I haven't said anything. I know her. We know her. Broadway shows ending, but uh, I mean, we know she would probably miss being at the show and work with Kate and Eddie, Melissa and Nega, all her friends. And if she wants to come back and I'm sure she wouldn't miss an opportunity to do another big theater kid, Broadway musical medley sketch with Mulaney. So uh, if, if her schedule's free, yeah, why not let her uh, come back to her, uh, her first job and, uh, yeah, work with all the yeah. friends again. Ben, for the first time in nine months, we will get Kate McKinnon and Cecily Strong on SNL together, potentially. 
Yeah, it should be interesting to see. And as Casey said, there's I feel like there's no chance she'll miss an opportunity to show up in John's uh, Broadway sketch. Um, it'll be great to see her and Kate back after so long. For sure. Okay, uh, let's take this one from Bree. Bree says, what other hosts are you thinking and hoping for for the season? So uh, let's just do one. Uh, ben, I'll go over to you, start with you. Any hosts that you're hoping for to see, uh, you know, for the final eight after Mulaney? Oh, definitely a female, I feel, would be good to see. Um, maybe Zendaya after Spider-Man and um, uh, Euphoria. I feel like she's got great comedic chops and she'd be great to see. And I feel like she'd be game for anything as well, which is always good. For sure. Casey, what about you? I was just thinking how much I'd like to see uh, Keegan-Michael Key come back and uh, maybe fill the void that we thought Mulaney was going to leave. This being this era of the show's uh, just hip young male comedian uh, who uh, may not have something big to promote right now, but just you know likes work with his cast and they go back when they know it's someone who'll work well the cast has pre-existing relationships with him um, i know Keegan michael key's not a stand-up but uh, he has done a great sketch experience man tv key peel so yeah I'd, I'd really just like to see uh, Keegan michael key become a, a reoccurring host because he's another host that um maybe they did what they showed us maybe was that maybe they could have used his talents a little bit better than they did so he really deserves maybe his second third fourth five time or chance maybe for sure i i couldn't agree more with both of those choices i think those would be really fun uh I, i'm not really great with names as predictions and stuff like that i don't i'm that's not really like my thing but uh, i will just say like definitely more women to host saturday live for the final eight shows i think uh we need to ba balance this out a little bit more mm -hmm. uh, especially more you know traditional actresses i think it would be fun uh, ken mentions anna gassire in the chat and i think obviously that would be a huge fan favorite moment to have anna back on the show so something cool like that could be really fun so i'm, I'm really excited to see what we're going to get hopefully we get those announcements for the uh, other two hosts that will be after Mulaney, uh because we're going to have you know three runs of three to end off the season so three in a row three in a row three in a row uh, at several points with the rest so it'll be fun to get that uh as we uh come to a close for season 47 okay um, last question here. Uh, it's not a real question, but it's something that we got into our patron feedback forum. And this is pretty funny. Uh, this is from, uh, Salvatore Governale who says, um, yes. Uh, why haven't you had me on the show? Even as a background extra, you can call me or text me at, and he gave me his number. Um, I'm a native New Yorker and I can fit in just fine. I always text Michael and Brittany to have me on as an extra. You should have me host even just as a regular guy who's not a celebrity. And that could be a lot of fun and we could bring the ratings up. So Casey, do you think I should have Salvatore host Saturday Night Live? Uh, well, he claims he can bring the show's ratings up. I'd like to see him back up that claim at least. Um, sure. Well, I mean, you at least have the power to uh, bring him on as a guest on uh, okay. SNL Network. Maybe... <laughs> Maybe tell him to become a patron and he can be on with us. And also, who are Michael and Brittany? Are they actual I, I don't, like, I, talent bookers I have no idea. in charge of booking extras? Who are those people? Maybe Michael's I have no Lauren idea. Michaels? Does he yeah. think he's been texting Lauren Michaels this whole time? I don't know, Ben. ben <laughs> uh, you, should, you should try to get him on. Um, 
I, just, I have no comment for this. I okay. At least he's at least he's putting himself out there, which is which is always good. He he might be good. Who, who knows? He's he's yeah. got um he's got balls. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um. Okay. Well, thanks, thanks for that, Salvatore. Always gave us a good laugh on our patron feedback show, and uh, for sure, become a patron. You could join us, uh, Patreon.com/slash the SNL Network. Okay. Uh, Ben. Uh, any final thoughts on season forty-seven before we wrap up our patron feedback show? Um. Yeah, it's just I've been loving it. It's had a crazy type of energy, and like I said before, it's it sort of felt like it's been on the back foot since the Paul Wright episode. But we've been seeing so many cool things in Ariana DeBose and Will Forte and uh, now Willem Dafoe that are back to those early few episodes of season forty-seven. And I just hope it keeps getting better and better. And as I mentioned before, definitely like to see more women hosts for the remainder of the season. And yeah, looking looking forward to it. Cool, Casey. Any final thoughts uh, from you on season forty-seven? Well, I do agree with you guys that uh, we need more female hosts to close out the season. In fact, the whole rest of the season should be female hosts. You know why? Because I think we need to at least have as many female hosts as we've had female musical guests this season, just to balance things out. Because a a lot of the women, you know, and I say this with love and affection is semi-fans of most of them a lot of the women musical guests except for brainy carlisle we've been getting a lot of sad white girl pop lately taylor swift billy eilish halsey casey musgrave sad white girl country let's let's bring some let's bring some female-led comedy to maybe counter that a bit uh hey have charlie xcx full double duty as host and musical guest to make up for getting almost shut out of the entire show uh, for, except for the one pre-tape where she wore a giant bird costume. And, and Hey, I, what I've heard of her music isn't, isn't sad or depressing at all. So she'd be a great uh, double duty host. So, so yeah. And Hey, maybe this is, I, I was hoping to go into a little bit more detail on that, but Hey, maybe that's something I could talk about if I hey, down, get down the chance. road. If, if I ever get the chance to be the second ever male guest on Hollywood Dish with Nicole and Rebecca, long shot, <laughs> but uh, something I you hope never, to you, do while I'm you never part know. of the Network someday. And, uh, for sure, for sure. And you yeah. never know, Casey. Um, okay, Ben, where can the listeners reach out to you? Yeah, over on Twitter, which at uh, LambBenjLam98. I try and post all my things I'm working on, and yeah, I probably need to post a bit more, but uh yeah catch me there and message me and talk about all things comedy and snl yeah and everything in the southern hemisphere is going well over there yeah going really well it's yeah i think the opposite there. like is it is kate <laughs> still on the show in in the southern hemisphere <laughs> yeah yeah okay all right <laughs> noted all right so great to talk to you ben uh casey uh please tell the listeners where they can find everything that you're doing with regards to saturn alive blogs uh well you can um, I mean, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Killingsworth27. Um, most active on there, KCK27 on Instagram. Um, if you do want to, you know, read my blog, then uh, maybe follow me on Twitter. I'll follow back. You can DM me, and I'll send you a link, and uh, and or just Google my name to find it, or join uh, Andrew Dick's uh, Discord, or I'll add you to our twitter group chat you can read my blog there and 
And yeah, one more hope for season 40, the rest of season 47 is to maybe get more musical guests like uh, Monoskin or uh, Bleachers or just something unique that fits into uh, the third category of other slash miscellaneous musical guests this season. Uh, because yeah. it's mostly been rappers and sad boy girls <laughs> I and got other. As long as I could pronounce them, I'm happy to have uh, happy to have different types of musical guests. Um, yeah, exactly. Anyways, Ben, Ben, Casey, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, really, really great to get to talk to you. Uh, if you're listening to the show and you had a lot of fun, at the, I had so much fun with these Patreon feedback shows. If you're having fun and you would like to talk to me on one, like we said, patreon.com slash the SNL network. It's really one of the great perks of becoming a patron of the SNL network. And you get to interact with people like Ben and Casey in our Facebook group where we get to talk about the show. Uh, you can find our other shows that we did this week, our hot take show and our round table on our podcast feed please subscribe you can find that anywhere apple podcast spotify all the places where you find podcasts we're on youtube as well and you know uh hit that subscribe button always appreciate people when they do that you can follow us at the snl network on twitter facebook instagram and tiktok and we will be back on monday night we're getting you know a little bit of a hiatus as we head towards uh you know uh, uh, the olympics and stuff like that so uh we're gonna be back on monday though to talk through the numbers of this season. So if you're interested in data and stats, join us on Monday night because Mike Murray will be back and we'll be breaking down the screen time and who is improving and going down in the power rankings so far this season. That's always a really fun show to get to do with Mike. So that'll be Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. All right, for everybody in the chat, for Ben, Casey, and myself, John Schneider from the SNL Network, have a good one, everybody. We'll see you next time. See you. Tune in on Monday.